Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to talk about reverse dieting. All right, all you yo-yo dieters out there that keep losing weight and gaining it back and then some plus an extra 10% every year. Oh boy. This one's for you. <laughs> all right, Nicole, let's talk about reverse dieting. Okay, Daron, let's talk about reverse dieting. So why would somebody want to reverse diet? Well, what's, let's go to the definition of reverse dieting. What's your definition of reverse dieting? My definition of reverse dieting is the reverse of a diet. My definition of reverse dieting is basically really and truly authentically. It is a strategy where you try and bring your calories back up to your new maintenance level. And it truly is in a controlled manner over time with the, with the goal of rebalancing your metabolic adaptation. When you are in a caloric deficit for a long period of time, a bikini competitor, someone that's been dieting to lose a lot of weight, you know, and I, we've mentioned, or you, you and I have talked about more than like 20 pounds at a time. You're in that caloric deficit for a long period of time. Your body adapts and creates a new basal metabolic rate. Things start to slow down. Your body adapts to that low caloric intake. And so a reverse diet is a controlled strategy to bring your body back up in terms of your metabolic adaptation so that you adapt to a higher caloric amount over time. And it is done methodically. It is not a weight loss strategy, which is something I think we need to make sure we point out, right? So you've done all of the dieting down, created a weight loss goal. And now the, the goal is a lot of the times you want to bring that caloric intake back up so that your so you can actually eat a greater amount of calories where your body then adapts to the new caloric intake. So you know, I, I kind of want to preface that with what happens in your body when you're dieting and yeah. why the need to reverse diet. So essentially what happens is you go into a caloric deficit and you're restricting your body. Essentially a caloric deficit is just defined as you're expending more than you're taking in. And what happens through that process is there are going to be some metabolic adaptations. Yes. Your resting metabolic rate is going to be lower. Mm -hmm. So at rest, and I typically define resting metabolic rate as if you were to lie in bed and wake up in the morning, lie in bed and just breathe and be and exist. How many calories does it take for you to sustain life? Yes. Right. So that is going to go down when you're in a caloric deficit over time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we find is one of the big things that goes down is in your total daily energy expenditure, right? So Total daily, daily energy expenditure yeah. is your resting metabolic rate, how many calories does it take for your body to breathe and be and exist, your thermic effect of food. Yeah, your NEAT. Your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, mm -hmm. and your physical activity or exercise. Right. Those are the components of your total daily energy expenditure. Now, what happens is when you diet, some of those things go down, right? Your resting metabolic rate goes down. But also what we find is a large percentage of your 
calories not being expended anymore is coming from your NEAT or your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So what's going to happen is if you're like a fidgety person, you fidget less by default and you don't even notice. If you move a lot, you get a lot of steps in, you walk, you tend to not even realize, but you get less movement through the day. And that's your body's adaptation to, hey, you're not feeding me enough. And I've Mm -hmm. been in this caloric deficit and I've been in this caloric restriction. I need to preserve energy to survive. Right. And that would be kind of like what people would look at as that quote unquote starvation mode, right? Which in reality, it's just a metabolic adaptation to the environment that you're creating. Right. So if you're happy living there, right? If you lose weight and you're happy living in that state, then maybe a reverse diet isn't necessary. You can maintain that. That becomes your new kind of lifestyle maintenance level that's fine. You don't really need to change things. But a lot of the times that isn't the case and people can't live that way in this new lifestyle with such a long-term deficit. And so this is where reverse dieting comes in. Well, you can't live in a deficit, right? Maintenance is your place where, okay, cool. I'm I'm at this weight and I want to maintain it. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of what happens with people who tend to Mm yo-yo is they'll go into a diet, they'll create a caloric deficit, with whatever strategy it may be, right? they'll lose a bunch of weight, 20, 30, 40 pounds, however much they need to lose, then they'll just come off. Right. They stop because it's not a long-term lifestyle change, right? It's They were just like, I'll just do it for the six months, get the weight off. And then what do you do after that? How do you regain more of a normal life and bring those calories back up without gaining a ton of weight, preferably fat, right? And be able to then live in a new level of maintenance. So I want to talk about those people. I want to kind of stay on those people that just drop a bunch of weight and then just start eating whatever again. Okay. We know that typically those are, I'm going to call those, those yo-yo people, right? Yeah. They lose a bunch of weight on a diet. They start eating normal again. They're quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And then they gain back the weight and then some. Yeah. Right. Usually it's, you know, the statistics are like they gain their weight back and 10% more. Yeah. And the reason why that's happening is because you haven't given your body the opportunity to readapt. Yes. If you haven't slowly brought your calories back up to not your old maintenance, because now you're a different weight mm-hmm. and weight factors into your resting metabolic rate. Yes. Your new maintenance. That's first and foremost. You have a new maintenance. You're going to eat less because you're smaller now. Yep. And their metabolism needs time to catch up. Yeah. Exactly. You and I have talked about three kind of main categories of people that fall into a strategic approach to reverse dieting. Um, we've, got, we've obviously touched on the people that have uh, weight loss goals, like just a traditional gen pop rate weight loss goal, bikini competitors, bodybuilders, anyone that's done, a, I mean, that's even more restrictive, you know, if you're doing some type of bikini show or something along those and, lines. And if you're in, if you're in competition shape, right. Yeah. You're talking about four to six percent body fat. Right. Really, for men, really hard. For women, to maybe a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But A, you can't maintain that. And B, the metabolic adaptation that comes with that versus yeah. your average person that just came down to 10% body fat mm-hmm. uh, is going to be significant. So that's where I think reverse dieting, or at least that's when I really started paying attention to it was when I did my bikini show. Like also, the third type of person is that client that you and I know and we're very familiar with that's just right. been eating low calories just because 
for either life. by default and they're not tracking <laughs> or they're just starving themselves and they don't really know what they're doing. They just think, hey, if I eat less calories, I'm going to get results. Or yeah, eat less, exercise more. They have this huge gap in energy balance and they've been living there and they're stuck. They can't create any more change in their body. And they come to us going, I think I'm doing everything right. I'm restricting my calories. I'm exercising more. And I can't seem to get anywhere else. I can't get my body fat down. I can't build any muscle. They just really are stuck. And I think that's- And the reason is the metabolic adaptation. Right. And they- And then they just don't know where to go from there because, I mean, listen, we talk all the time about increasing calories, like a calorie surplus. That's not what technically what reverse dieting is. We're not going from maintenance above. We're going from a deficit back up to maintenance is basically what a reverse diet is. And because your maintenance level changes as your body adapts with different types of caloric deficit variables, that's going to be something that has to be planned. This is my biggest thing with reverse dieting is you do have to be strategic about it so that you don't gain all of the weight that you've just worked so hard to get off back on. Or if you're someone that's been severely restricting and living there for a really long time, I'm talking like years, you do have to be really careful because your body's so used to being there that you have to go slow, be methodical about even where your calories are coming from, carbs, fats, how much protein, um, And you may actually have to cut back on your exercise. So there is a balance to it. So in short, if I had to just in one sentence, try to define what a reverse diet is, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a strategic caloric increase up to your maintenance in order to reverse those metabolic adaptations that occurred throughout your deficit. Yes. Was that good? Was that right? All right. That's perfect. So there's a couple of schools of thoughts when it comes to how you do it, how you do it. And it's not necessarily which way is the right way. It's more so which way is the right way for you. Yeah. So there's a quick up to maintenance and then there's the step-by-step and slowly increasing calories. Mm -hmm. And I will just touch up on the quick up to maintenance and tell you uh, my preferences for the step-by-step. That's, I mean, you... You and I always agree on this. That's my preference as well, because I like to go and see how the body responds is make changes, see how the body responds makes changes. I don't like to just go back up to maintenance because sometimes that can be 500 calories, you know, at a time. And that can be hard to. It's not enough for the adaptation and you're going to put on some body fat. But yeah. what I will say is if that's going to stop you from binging because you've been dieting and restrictive so much, then. Yep. By all means, do it. Just keep in mind that you are going to put on a little bit of body fat Mm -hmm. going straight up to maintenance. That's a really good point. So that is really the main scenario where compliance is everything. Or Mm -hmm. you can say, for example, a male with low testosterone, because they've been in a deficit, creating a deficit for too long a period of time is going to give you alterations in your testosterone levels. If the most important thing to you is getting your testosterone back up because maybe you're tired all the time, you're not feeling too great, you're kind of depressed, then maybe you'll want to just kick it back up quickly. But Mm -hmm. the preference for us is to do it in a step-by-step and let's outline that step-by-step. That's my preference. I've done it like that with pretty much all my clients. I think I've only had one client that I really pushed back up to maintenance quickly. It was definitely from a hunger standpoint. The reverse dieting step-by-step, the way... I typically do it. And Nicole, I don't know if you do this differently, but I'll typically do 100 
calories every other week and do it like that. I know, and I've heard, and I've seen some people say, hey, 50 calories a week, but 50 calories a week is like- I just don't feel like that's anything. That's like a tablespoon or something. (laughs) I know. And if you've been dieting, I think the- I usually do between 150 and 200 calories every two weeks is kind of my, yeah. my stepping so stone. You can do 100 every other week, 200 every other week. And mm-hmm. a lot of it really depends on how your body responds. So yeah. now keep in mind, you might even go into a reverse diet and the beginning of your reverse diet, you might even lose more weight. Yeah. Yep. You might lose more body fat because mm-hmm. you're increasing your thermic effect of the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Eating more food, right? More mm-hmm. food means that you're burning more calories to digest that and absorb that. Right. And it, you're raising your resting metabolic rate. So as you increase your calories, your RMR will slightly start to go up and climb up. And that's what we want. That's the goal, right? Yeah. And it also just from a, a, psycholo- a psychological standpoint, you know, you start to bring foods back in that you haven't been eating, especially if you're kind of a general population client that if you've been restricting for a long time, like years, there's a lot of fear behind increasing calories. So I do it really slow so that they can see you can have more, you can eat a little bit more carbohydrates, you can have, depending on carbs and fats, like it depends on the person and what they prefer. And when they start to see that they can have those foods and their total body weight isn't going up and they're starting to create, you know, change, even in their physique and how they feel, and then the psychological part of accepting better, more food into their day um, and their energy, like you said, it's really pretty awesome to watch a client get excited about food again in a positive way. So with, so with the reverse dieting strategy, essentially what you want to do is ideally, let's say you've used something like a Mifflin equation to map out your calories in your deficit and you've you know, plugged in for a 200, a 300 or a 500 calorie deficit, depending on how heavy you are, you know, that's going to determine how big of a deficit you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you want to recalculate that because you're not going to go back up to your old maintenance because mm-hmm. your old maintenance, it's not maintenance anymore. That's going to be a surplus for you right now. Right. So you want to jump back into, you want to recalculate, you want to jump into your new maintenance, find what that is. And let's say hypothetically, you've been eating 1,500 calories a day, and your new maintenance is 2,300 calories. Yep. Over the course of anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, we're going to want to slowly bring you up to that maintenance. Now, if you decide, which a lot of clients do, you hit goals and now you're like, oh man, that's awesome. I want to hit more goals and I want to create new goals. And now I want to start building muscle. You're going to get up to that maintenance and then you're going to slowly creep up to a surplus. And how you do that is really going to depend. Nicole, is there a specific way that you do like, like macro wise or how do you handle that? I, I usually increase carbohydrates. Like you increase what? Carbohydrates. You increase <laughs> carbohydrates. <laughs> I, I increase carbs. <laughs> I increase carbs. I increase the carbs. Um, I do. Yes. Thank you for making fun of me. Back Anytime. to the show. <laughs> You made me lose my train of thought. Um, I do. I, inc- I, I tend to keep protein the same because it's generally around what your goal body weight is. So I, I don't really play too much with protein. I kind of leave that the same. Um, and then so the remaining like increase, if it's two, 300 calories that we're slowly bringing them up to, I, will ud- I usually start with carbohydrates first, simply because fatigue, 
brain fog, they're tired, they run down. My females are, you know, menstrual cycles, all of the things that we've talked about in so many other of our podcasts. And they're usually afraid of carbohydrates. Females are so afraid of carbohydrates that that's the place that I'll start with, just simply because I want to show them that they can start to increase that and, you know, the sky isn't going to fall. And then, and that, but then again, it depends on the person. If I have females that, prefer fat to carbohydrates, then I'll increase their fat and kind of keep their carbohydrates the the remainder so that they feel comfortable with it. I, it really I, depends on the person. I think especially if you're, you've created a new goal to build muscle, I think it's important to add carbs back in. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, to, and talk about that. So you're in a deficit for so long, you know, you know, you can build muscle in a deficit, but it takes a lot. It's a lot slower process. The minute you start actually feeding yourself again. Can you build muscle in a deficit though? You can. I think you can. You can at least maintain it. And if it, it, it slowly starts to go up, maybe in a newbie, what is it, newbie gains? I believe that is yeah, something then, I've experienced. Then, then you can lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So we can't rule out everybody or you know put them in any one category. But I, but I definitely think that's a, the, the muscle is a piece to that too. We should probably I, add I will say another thing too is, so we mentioned that you could actually lose more body fat while you're scaling up your calories. Mm-hmm. But it really depends on the person because some people might actually gain some weight and it might not be fat. It might be water. Yep. Now, especially if you're eating carbohydrates, carbs. because yeah. for every one molecule of glycogen that you're storing, you store, store three molecules of water, yeah. right? So you're going to gain some of that. Now, Nicole, what is a acceptable amount of weight to gain week over week throughout the process if if you are gaining weight and keeping in mind that hey you're not necessarily putting on excess body fat but we do have to track and if you go up a few pounds it's okay mm-hmm. I because usually say, it's go gonna happen yeah i'm i'm in the range of three to five pounds does not bother me at all if you've lost 40 pounds and you gain three to five pounds back on a reverse diet i don't think that's anything to worry about if you gain half of it back, okay, that's a, a, that would be different. Now, it, that also speaks to how the strategy is going to go. Because yeah. let's say you gain three pounds one week and then three pounds another week, we might want to wait to push more calories on you. Right. And I also want to bring up, because I talk about this all the time, about the, the way you've been exercising. Quality nutrition strategy is great, but you also have to look at what you've been doing for exercise. So the flip side to this on a reverse diet is if you've been in a caloric deficit for a long period of time, a lot of the times your workouts and your performance will somewhat suffer or be slower, right? Because you're not eating as much and you're tired and run down. Definitely from a bikini show standpoint, my workouts were completely different than when I'm feeding my body and fueling my body more. So you have to think about that too. So many times where when you start to reverse diet, you actually can start to change your workouts. You're lifting heavier. You may be doing less cardio, but you actually can really start to push your performance in terms of strength training. So that's where that kind of balances itself out. You're, you're actually increasing your calories and reverse dieting, but you're also then changing your workout structure. So I highly recommend that people take that into consideration when you start to change um, your food plan. And also in addition to the workouts changing, you're going to have to, you're going to want to keep an eye on your neat. Mm-hmm. And for me, that means tracking steps. Yeah. So you're going to want to see what your baseline is and maybe start to increase your steps while you're increasing your calories. Yeah. There's different, all, all of these fat, all these little kind of dial movers will differ from person to person. 
if they've already been walking 15,000 steps a day, I may not increase them. I actually may take that down so that they're less stressed. And I may actually put that into a different structure to a lifting program. And like you said, if you're giving them more carbohydrates and they have more energy to lift, then their PRs are going up. Like there's all those like intricate components to, this is why I call it a strategy. And I say that you actually have to do it in a a controlled fashion. You want someone to help you do this. You don't want to reverse diet by yourself, get a coach and have someone help you through. And the thing is with not reverse dieting yourself is I call this kind of like the freak out effect. Yeah. Right. And it's, (laughs) you know, I used to do this when I was competing and I would go to a buddy of mine and be like, I need your help. I need you to, I, w- I always coach myself for competition, but if something didn't move the right way, mm-hmm. I know that I am probably going to freak out and then react and change something quickly. And you and I see this with, I've seen this with female clients a lot mm-hmm. where it's like, and I, I say females, I, I don't really know too many males that, that have done this. I got a couple in my schedule for sure. Right? So but. <laughs> this with clients in general, yeah. right. That are like, oh man, my weight went up three pounds. I'm going to go back down to the, the calories that I was at. And I'm like, no, you're, you're going backwards. You need to move forward. Yeah. Um, it's that freak out effect that you make a quick pivot. So it's important to have that coach with you that is going to be like, okay, cool. No problem. You gained a few pounds. Also, in addition to that, you want to make sure that you're not only using one measurement. If you're only using right. the scale, and this goes for anything, this doesn't yeah. just go for your goal of uh, your reverse dieting plan. It goes for your weight loss plan, your fat loss plan. You need at least two ways to measure what your progress is, whether yeah. it be weight and body fat mm-hmm. or weight and measurements, measurements or body fat and measurements or what the mirror looks like or how your clothes fit, yeah. right? You need a bunch of different measurements because you can't just use one. You especially can't just use weight because weight's going to fluctuate anyway, right? And we right. talked about water weight, right? So mm-hmm. you, there's a couple of possibilities that happen when you start a reverse diet. You could be less stressed and holding less water so you can lose weight right off the bat because your body's releasing that water that's been holding on to because you created a stressful environment by creating that caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can lose body fat in that beginning of that process because you are increasing your calories and increasing your metabolic rate and increasing the thermic effect of food and your total daily energy expenditure, your workouts change, you change your energy expenditure through that. Uh, Or you can gain a couple pounds of water because you start eating more carbs again, or you start eating more food and more volume. And maybe you just have more food sitting in your stomach and you just jumped on the scale. Or maybe you woke up in the morning and you didn't take a shit. (laughs) Yes. All of the above. (laughs) The the big piece to that too is time. Like, I mean, I think I say this every hour on the hour with every single client, no matter what the situation is, but with reverse dieting, even, well, probably just the same as a deficit, but I always tell clients one week of measurement of any kind, pictures, the scale, anything never is enough time for your body to actually create or adapt. I should say in a way that you got to chill out, like do it for 30 days and see what happens. If you're, if in 30 days, every week you're gaining three pounds, well, okay, not so good. If, but if in 30 days, every week you gain 0.5, maybe you stay the same. Ultimately for reverse diet, I like to see people stay the same weight. Like their weight doesn't budge at all, but they're able to bring up those calories and everything feels great. They're starting to get their energy back and the weight stays the same. But if it's 0.5 to a pound or two in a month, 
don't, I'm like, don't, don't even sweat it, chill out, enjoy, relax. And then next month we'll reassess and see what happens. And what I usually will tell them is never mind what the scale looks like. If it's staying the same or slightly up or down, like a little bit, focus on your performance goals, get in the gym, start lifting heavier, push your metrics there. And you won't even have to worry about that because the building muscle piece and the lifting heavy and all those things will start to take over for all the stress you may be feeling if you're constantly looking at the damn scale or those numbers. Let them go for a little bit. And that's what I'm talking about when we talk and the about other piece, the psychological piece. I'm going to bring that up as well because you just talked about the, the stress of getting on the scale when you're reverse dieting. If you're stressed out about it, stress makes you hold water, which makes you yeah. gain weight. Yeah. Right? So the, like I said, that, that freak out effect is... Yeah. You can't freak out over every little pound or half pound or a quarter of a pound. Like there are going to be fluctuations and you're, you have to keep in mind that you're changing something. Mm -hmm. So something in your body might slightly change. It doesn't mean that you're putting on body fat. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta, this is what I say all the time. Take a breath. Let's watch it. Watch it as you go. It's hard because when you're the person, it's easy for me to say that because I'm the coach telling them what to do or advising them and coaching them through. But it's much harder when it's you and you're constantly looking at the scale to make sure it doesn't go in the wrong direction. It's like you're, you're waiting for the train wreck to happen to be like, see, I told you this doesn't work. Instead of just being like, let me just go through it and see what happens. Also, this, the last thing that I will just say to that is the ultimate goal behind creating that increase in calories is so that the next time, like we talk about goals, right? So the goal for a diet is you lose weight, you try and maintain your muscle mass and your calorie deficit. Then you reverse diet to bring your calories back up to this new maintenance. You want to live there, enjoy life. Like we talked about earlier, if this is the new lifestyle, you're just going to chill there. Eat the occasional have, cookie. Yeah, enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. Cookie, ice cream, whatever it is. And just really reestablish your relationship with food too. Then once you get to that new maintenance, the goal is to be able to stay there. This is what I think happens a lot. People hit that new maintenance and then they want another goal really quick, which is something that you can absolutely do. But I always have my clients stay in that maintenance for a while, months, live there so that you then can stabilize, create that new adaptation to this new, you know, calorie intake. And then if you want to go down and weight another 10 pounds, you want to create a little more change. You want to get a little leaner. Now you are at a higher calorie deficit that the next time you want to create that cut phase, if that's what I call it, when you bring your deficit down, you may not even have to go very low in calories as you did the first time to create new change. I would say the goal for me at that point is to build muscle. Yeah. Well, right. Because now you're raising your resting metabolic rate. You're, it's a time to do it. You're, you're increasing lean muscle mass. Your body's well and adapted. Your body's at maintenance. Maybe mm -hmm. you give yourself a couple hundred calories of a surplus. surplus yeah. You start to build some muscle and that also increases your uh, total daily energy expenditure and mm -hmm. allows it for be for it to be an easier process. And I'm going to kind of stay on that for a minute because building lean muscle over long periods of time mm -hmm. makes dieting and your fitness journey so much easier. Yeah. Right. When you have dedicated time to building lean mass, your metabolism runs a lot smoother, a lot more efficiently. You can also get away with more things. Right. Buddy of right. mine used to say it's a lot easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape. Right. Yep. And to get in shape, people just think they're just going to get in shape in three months. Mm -hmm. But actually getting in shape and being in shape and being that metabolic machine 
right? Yeah. Like the, those people that you see that, you know, are on Instagram or on a, in a magazine or whatever it is, like that takes years of work to be able to not only get there, but to maintain that too. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, when it comes to weight loss or fat loss, when a client comes to me, you can go two approaches, right? You can say, hey, we can build some muscle and then take the fat down, or we can take the fat down and then build some muscle. But in mm-hmm. any case, I would always recommend to opt to build muscle. Yeah, I, I agree. It's hard to convince clients. I call it flannel, the flannel shirt season, where you just kind of put on some baggy sweatshirt or a flannel that's shirt. That's a Boston thing. That is, it is. It's the so flannel weird. thing is, a, that's a Boston <laughs> thing. I have had a bunch of um, power lifter buddies that used to say, Nicole, just put your flannel shirt on, eat your food, build some muscle, chill out, and you get skinny in the spring and the summer. And honestly, it really just mentally feels good to just kind of relax a little bit and focus on, you know, lifting weights. That's my favorite time. We're heading into, but today's October 1st. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that since you probably won't be running this on October 1st. Whatever, who cares? All right. So in a nutshell, that's reverse dieting, right? So just to kind of recap that you've been dieting for a prolonged period of time for whatever reason, or you've been in a caloric deficit for a prolonged period of time with some clients will just come to us and by default, you know, you've been in a caloric deficit, not even knowing it, you haven't, you've been under eating, maybe you started doing intermittent fasting and you know, that was too low of a deficit for you because you couldn't get in all the, all the food that you needed to get in to create a, a decent deficit, which, you know, we could talk about that another time, mm-hmm. go all into inter- intermittent fasting and the, the pitfalls of what people do versus the perception and what they think they're actually doing. Yeah. But um, you've created a deficit, you've hit a goal. Now you want to get back up to maintenance and you want to be able to maintain that goal. You don't just start eating. You're going to want to factor in the hormonal changes that have happened and the hormonal changes that you need to reverse right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're trying to change in that, in that sense. And you are going to want to bring your resting metabolic rate back up to a place where it's sustainable, which is key. Mm -hmm. And I think two of the important things to note is like we said, you don't just go off and just say, cool, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Now you have to have some type of strategy coming out of it. And also to note that your maintenance is not going to be the same maintenance. Your maintenance yeah. calories, you're a smaller individual, you've just dieted down, you weigh less, which means that your total daily energy expenditure is going to be less different. and mm-hmm. your deficit and your surplus and your maintenance are going to be different numbers. Yeah. And, re- and also to sit those, that maintenance deficit and surplus is a ballpark. So, you know, you want to find that, I call it the sweet spot. The sweet spot. Anything else we want to add? I don't think so. We cover everything, right? If our listeners have questions, they can always hit us up. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, comment, give us five stars, share this with a friend that you think would like this information. And don't forget to follow us on the Eat Right Nutrition Instagram, E-A-T-R-I-T-E Nutrition. And you'll hear us next week.